You're about to enjoy this replay of the Sons of UCF Live brought to you by Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Today, I want to talk more about Dariga, a company that's revolutionizing the way businesses tackle one of their most critical challenges, finding the right talent. Dariga stands out for the groundbreaking approach to recruitment, which is really more like matchmaking. They also have deep-rooted ties to UCF. Ray Bazzi, their founder, is a UCF alum who actually started the company based on a class project during his MBA program. Also, their commitment to UCF runs deep. 95% of their employees are UCF graduates. Many companies turn to Dariga, and you should too. To find out more, go to nightrecruiting.com. That's night with a K to learn more about Dariga. Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Struggle alongside Adam Eaton. Welcome to the Sons of UCF Live. Adam, let's dive into this Leap Day show. Do you like what I did there? Uh, I do. I do think uh, more of a leap than a dive, but I can't wait. A lot of fun, action-packed items on tap for you all this evening. Yes, let us begin with a welcome back to Taylor Hendricks, uh, the former UCF star now starring for the Utah Jazz. And our man, Andrew Sherico, is live at the Magic Game, and Andrew joins us now live. Andrew, Tay Hendricks getting the start for the Jazz. Yes, he is. He currently has five points and four rebounds in 14 minutes. He's playing as good as defense as he can on a player like Paulo Montero. Uh, Andrew, any, hey, uh, any uh, Hendricks? Jazz head coach. Trace may be frozen. Any any Taylor Hendricks jerseys in sight, uh, Andrew? Any UCF jerseys in sight? I'm looking around. I haven't seen any so far, which is kind of upsetting. I would expect more. But I know a lot of people in the media are excited about Hendricks and are looking to get a win with him, too. Uh, Andrew, you spoke with the Jazz head coach, Will Hardy, before the game. What did he have to say about Taylor? Yeah, he said he's building confidence. I mean, with a couple of injuries to the Jazz in front court, uh, Taylor has had to step up. I mean, we spoke about him starting off in the G League and having him to make the jump to the starting lineup in the NBA is an extremely difficult task. And when I asked him about his player's confidence, Taylor's confidence, he said he is growing extremely confident in his role and he's starting to build more and more of a consistent uh, routine in the NBA in terms of using his depth to guard, using his size to move around the court, and be an all-around player because the Jazz head coach loves that he can guard one through five. Andrew, you seen any UCF celebrities around there? Any any of uh, Taylor's former teammates around the arena tonight? I, I've been scouring around. I was I was I was courtside for I would say the first hour that I've been here, and I did not see a person. Unfortunately, there probably are some around. You know, this is his hometown. He played here in college for a great year. I mean, number nine overall. I mean, how much better could it be for a UCF player? So I, but there are a lot of people who think about his return. All right, Andrew Cherico at the arena covering the Magic and Jazz game. And, of course, you'll be back out at UCF all weekend with uh, basketball and baseball. Andrew, have fun out there and tell Taylor Hendricks we said hello. I will do, guys. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, Andrew. Andrew is everywhere. Man, it's everywhere. Segment. Where in the world is Andrew Cherico? Jeez. 
Uh, he is working. Uh, good to see Taylor Hendricks in the starting lineup now for the Jazz and, and watch his career develop. Uh, I, I think we knew when we watched him in his uh, time at, at UCF that he was going to become a star. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to to have somebody in the league that you can you can see. And we talked about it at the end of the last year, having him drafted, right? It gives you that pedigree. And so guys who go to UCF can say, hey, I can I can play at UCF, have a good career, and I can go to the NBA now. And that path maybe wasn't as available or wasn't as known before, but maybe he's hopefully the first of many guys to be able to wear black and gold and, and then start to wear the logo of the association. Well, it is a big basketball weekend. It starts tonight uh, with Taylor Hendricks in town with the Jazz and a big welcome back to Kirk Spira, former UCF head coach. Uh, he and the 1993-94 Knights, imagine this, 30 years uh, since they won the Trans-America Athletic Conference to secure the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, UCF's first. They were a 16 seed. Of course, they lost in that. You and UCF Mike had an opportunity to, to talk with Kirk Spira about an hour or so recently. Uh, and he's looking forward to coming back. What did you make of sort of the, the Kirk's jerks phenomenon? Oh, uh, they were they were awesome. They were awesome. They were great. They started, you know, selling their T-shirts, Kirk jerks T-shirts and stuff, and everybody started wearing those things and yelling Kirk, Kirk, Kirk as you come out on the court and and um, you know they, and they had all their different chants that that they had throughout the game and. And uh, yeah, that was that was all in great fun. You know, you love that at home court advantage and and they would give, you know, other coaches a tough time. I remember when Stetson come over, they love Stetson at, at our place and <laughs> and and getting after their coach and coaches and stuff like that. And but they they really started a great tradition. They really did with with their Kirk Kirk chants and and, um, you know, just just everything that they did. And. And, um, you know, the funniest one I, I think was, and I, I enjoyed it. it. I don't know if anybody else did, but if we had the game one, they started going good coach, bad coach, good coach, bad coach, <laughs> back and forth. And their, their ingenuity was, was infectious, you know, and they, they were, they were outstanding. We loved it. Did you ever manage to score one of those Kirk's jerks t-shirts? I, they did send me one. Yep. I still got okay. one. I okay. still got one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, good memories. That is a great interview. You can hear that on the Sun's YouTube channel as well on the audio feed. Let us welcome in a couple of those jerks, those Kirk's jerks, Tony Agolini and a friend of the show, UCF Biggie. Guys, welcome into Sons of UCF Live. What's up, jerk? <laughs> uh, let me begin with you, Biggie. 30 years since this really got going. What was the genesis of it? and trying Damn. to rally the fans and the students uh, to support the basketball program. Oh, first I have to say, damn, I'm old. I didn't really, it didn't hit me. Uh, <laughs> that first year, that first year, you could hear me, correct? Yes. Uh, that of first course. year, um, I was, I was not a student yet. So it was like that first year when we played the big dog, we lost by 31 and he was like, I think he was 31. That was his number. And we ended up like losing by as many as what it was. Um, it was the first year that I went to UCF was like that next year, that 94 season. And, um, and I think to me, that was, that's kind of basically how I got my friends. I, all my friends literally would just, we were just sports junkies and we would go to games and we all just kind of didn't know each other. And that's kind of what created the bond with all the, all, all of us. And it was one of those things where we couldn't, 
Kirk, I mean, what rhymes with Kirk? There's nothing that rhymes with Kirk. It's just <laughs> the jerks, right? So it's like, it just made sense. And we were jerks, but jerks in a way where we were jerks to the opponent. Like, you know, we got in your head and we had fun with it. And that was like the best part about it. Yeah. Tony, I mean, Tony was, what about you? What's one of your earliest memories? Well, so for me, Biggie's a, a couple years older than me. I was class of 96 coming out of, coming out of high school. And, um, Really, for, uh, my first UCF basketball memory was uh, the spring before I was slated to start at UCF. Uh, UCF played Stetson in the conference champion in the uh, championship game of the conference tournament, um, and it, UCF hosted it. And so it was on ESPN, or yeah, there wasn't ESPN two back then, so it's on ESPN, and I'm watching it. Like, man, this place is packed out. They're they're filled to the gills for this UCF Stetson game. Really cool atmosphere. Well. I found out the next year when I got on campus that what they did is they shoveled everybody to the other side so it looked full uh, for the camera. But UCF won that game and went on, I think, to play Marcus Camby uh, in UMass uh, yep. in the NCAA tournament that year. So that was kind of my first exposure. Uh, my freshman year, I, I think I might have – Rob's joined. I think I might have dragged Rob to a couple games. Uh, the only real player I remember from that team was probably Harry Kennedy. Um, and then I really started going in full um, the next the next spring. So spring of spring of '98 is when I uh, started going kind of religiously. And um, I had known I met Biggie and and Gary. Uh, Rob and I went to high school together, so I knew him already. But um, Biggie, Jeff, uh, Gary, the other Kirk's jerks. Uh, the first football game UCF played when I was a student was a Thursday night before Labor Day against William and Mary, um, the uh, the Todd Cleveland game. And uh, so anyway, ran in, I met Gary my first week and, and ran into him and, and ran into the rest of the guys. Like these guys are, these guys are a lot of fun, pretty funny guys. And I was from Jacksonville. I didn't know a lot of people at UCF at the time. So yeah, like Biggie, like these are, you know, kind of the first friends I, I made at UCF and, and for us to have kept in touch for all this time, we don't talk every day or anything like that, but I've known Rob since seventh grade and the rest of these guys since my freshman year of college. So um, we, we still, uh, we still banner back and forth and, um, have, a, have a great time with it. And it's funny, I, I hadn't really thought of Kirk Strokes in a little while in the last couple of weeks since you're a great podcast with Spiral. I've kind of been reliving some memories myself and, and tossing some old jokes back and forth. Um, Biggie didn't get to this, but um, Paul was one of our Kirk Strokes and was kind of the first one to use the word jerk uh, in, a, in an endearing manner towards uh, Murray Arnold, who was the coach at Stetson. <laughs> poor, poor Murray's like 70 years old. <laughs> coaching Stetson and he's just innocently checking at the scores table. I think to find out the foul situation and Paul had, Paul had a very distinct voice, but he also had the gift of timing. It was, you could hear everything in the old UCF arena and there's only like 10 students. And all of a sudden Paul goes, sit down jerk. And like the light bulb went off in Gary's head and Kirk Sturks was, was born and, Probably a few weeks later, right? We had T-shirts and yeah, and maybe longer than that. But. I, I laugh because Gary's always the one that leads to T-shirts. Like he led me to start my first clothing brand, and then he was like, "We should do T-shirts, and we should all wear shirts." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> this is this is back before licensing and cease and desist letters, <laughs> oh, yeah. and all the fancy lawyer lawyer speak that you have now with anything related to college athletics. So these are the good old days. Tony, Tony, were you were you around for the game? There was some instance, and I can't remember the specifics. We got caught. It may have been Pete and I or somebody or Tony Sonis. We got caught in an elevator with Murray 
and his oh. wife after he had retired <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> it was it was an awkward moment because that's where he looked back at us and, and recognized us, and you could just see years of pain in that man's face. <laughs> yeah, oh, Stetson. Yeah. Stetson got us going, and I think it was we tried to make it a little bit like Duke and UNC because Stetson's the kind of hoity-toity private school and the kids with the money and like if UCF played Rollins every year, kind of similar to that. But um, and you know we're just the poor public school kids, and um, so anyway we, we kind of approached it that way, and then we always made the road trip to Stetson, but we had a little extra, we had a little extra for Stetson every time uh, they came to UCF Arena or, or we went up to the Edmond Center, um, and a lot of times we. UCF probably had more people up, up at the Evans Center than, yeah. than Stetson did for a few of those. Um, but I know the first time we went, Brad Traney has scored like 30. Um, I think UCF had, I, I want to say it was a, a comeback game. I think it would, UCF was trailing for a lot of the game and it came back and won. Um, but yeah, we so many fun memories. Yeah, like Rob said, Murray Arnold, um, the poor guy. And I know his wife couldn't stand us because all we did was, was poke fun at him. Um, and, and that was. Um, Stetson and UCF were, were pretty equal back then. Um, I know Stetson's obviously in a different conference now. It looks like they might actually make the NCAA tournament this year. Um, but uh, yeah, it's the, those are those are the start. There's some other big games too. I'm sure the other guys will, will talk a little bit too. Yeah, I'm curious, Rob. I, I know I don't know if you want to take this one. Um, some of the chants. How did they start? How did you get the organization for the good coach, bad coach, left, right? How did you get the organization amongst that crew to get some of the chants started? Yeah, I think we'll get we'll give Tony the, the the good coach, bad coach cheer. I think that was an old Duke uh, Duke yeah. Duke cheer. The students did there. They had all the crazy things that they did. Obviously, the Cameron crazies, and then I think the uh, the old stomp stomp clap clap whoosh whoosh thing was was a Paul Smith thing from high school. That and um, and then our 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 dear friends, the Rowdy Knights, tried to add balling into it at some point in time, and that just ruined it for everybody. I think, but. You know, the old Linda Gooch's cheer team, I think, still shows the signs of there. I haven't been to a game uh, at home in a couple of years because I live up in Tennessee. Um, but I think it was just fun, right? I think that was the time when, you know, our, our our group, you know, just watched a lot of basketball and was really trying to create an environment there amongst the 15 of us to create some some hostility. <laughs> and, um, you know, just, just got into it and enjoyed it. And again, you know, fortunately for us, you know, that, that group grew a little bit. And as, you know, Kirk's teams had some success there. And, the, um, uh, you know, after we had graduated, but we're still living in the area and came down, you know, I think the other side of the arena picked up on it because they could see us, you know, doing the motions and all the things. So um, that's what I can recall from the, the chants and whatnot. Um, and like Tony was talking about, you know, the Edmund Center, some of those games are just hilarious. I mean, I remember a, 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 a game where I think the Domino's pizza guy came out onto the court and was trying to give out free pizzas. And we just started yelling Pizza Hut at him. And it was everything that I think the, the Blue Hairs could do on the other side of the Edmonds Center not to have it thrown out um, back then. So, um, all, 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 you know, all kinds of good memories about that stuff. But the, the king of Stetson making the S's and spelling out Stetson and that's like misspelling it or getting ahead of him and stuff. And there was a never-ending supply of shenanigans. We we might have our group might have started treating that Stetson game as a as an excuse to maybe have a few uh, uh, brown water drinks before the game and and head into <laughs> the old Baptist school uh, yeah. to, to watch some basketball and uh, maybe uh, maybe pump out a little two live crew back in the day after uh, after think, winning. Uh, speaking of center, speaking so. of some of those Baptist schools, I'm pretty sure we got on the the wrong side of some folks from Sanford over the years as well, and they, when they came to UCF, so. 
Um, yeah, so, was that Mark Salyer's dad situation. It was either Mark Salyer's or one of their one of their bigs um, that had him had himself a little trouble with Johnny Law one night after a few too many beverages, and his dad took offense to us calling him out. Um, and this is before this is before the internet really like is what it is. So it's not the kids now, the kids these days, um, they've got it easy. Like somebody breaks up with their girlfriend, like you know, the, the student section probably knows about it. Well, now like we only knew what we saw like maybe on Sports Center or uh, maybe read on another team's message board or something like that. So you know, the Sanford kid getting a getting a DUI, which that was met with a few chants um, <laughs> at that game. Um, you know, we, we, there was a little bit of research that was, that was done and, and, and that kind of thing. But I think the, the coolest thing of it all, Biggie kind of nailed it. Like we weren't obscene. We weren't, you know, we weren't saying things that would get us thrown out of anywhere. It was just mostly just kind of like Paul, like the, the gift of timing, the gift of just picking the right moment. Like we'd have, uh, you know, we'd have somebody, Paul was good at this, um, say Joe Blow from, uh, Lipscomb would come out and, play for eight minutes and not do anything. Well, we got, as he comes back to the sideline, we've got Paul going, great job, four, zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, 11 minutes. And, and honest to God, like you would see the trainers from the other team. The other, that was the my biggest mission, was trying to get the guys on the team to laugh at their teammates based on something crazy that we were that we were saying. And, and it was pretty successful. And we had some pretty, uh, for our group, we had some pretty big, coaches come through like there's a little while where um the tack and and what were they in conference usa i think it was kind of a a, a rehab place for coaches that had that had not done well at other places um i want to say when ucf was in conference usa larry Eustacey yeah came back right with yeah i remember yeah. Some, oh, yeah. Matt, 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 guys, running guys good memories here like good memories here adam you could tell from talking with Kirk Sparrow that he had a lot of affection for Kirk. Strauss. I did actually. I talked to Coach earlier, guys. Uh, he he was going to try to join us. He's traveling tonight. He said he could not join us tonight, but he wanted to give his best to you all, and he hopes to see you at the game on Saturday. So anybody I know, it sounds like Rob, you're you're not local, but Tony, Biggie, any any plans of being out there on a Saturday to say hi to Coach? I'm definitely thinking about it. As a matter of fact, like I we actually got to do when Coach retired. We actually uh, his daughter actually reached out to the jerks and asked for like video of us to to congratulate him and everything like that. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing them uh, and seeing the Spiraws. Uh, they're uh, you know Kirk's always going to be uh, someone we love. I think he's uh you know it's just something special about him. Is kind of like when you especially when you're such a small group. So I think it's going to be a, it'll be a fun time uh, this Saturday. Rob, Tony, Biggie, thanks for taking us down memory lane. 30 years, guys. Time flies. That is what it does. <laughs> you're, uh, you're, you're telling me. I need to dig up. I still got some games on tape from uh, – because it was UCF steps in. Is it VHS or beta? Uh, they're VHS. And, and, and so sometimes <laughs> that game would end up on Sunshine. And if I knew that you know it was a spot where we were going to be on TV a bunch, I'd record it. God knows where – I know the tapes are here in the house somewhere, but – they're, they're probably amongst a thousand other football games and basketball games that I have. Uh, Most important question. Does anybody have a shirt laying around still? I'd love to get my hands on a Kirk's Jerk's shirt. So if there's any of those hanging I, around. I actually was talk. looking. I was looking for one, but I, uh, mine's actually in a UCF quilt now. It's like my oh, UCF no, Jerk's okay. shirt. But I, if I find one, I'll, I'll get you one. But it's going to be a little big on you, Adam. That's fine. We might need a rerun, Biggie. Maybe we get a rerun going. Maybe a, a, a new edition. We'll figure something out. Revival. <laughs> yeah, Guys, thanks for being anniversary. with us. Go nice. Have a good night. Go nice. Charge on. Charge on.
Uh, trip down memory lane, Adam. How have times changed now? The Knights in the Big 12, no more Transamerica Athletic Conference. Knights on a two-game winning streak. They defeat Texas Tech at home. They go on the road. They beat Oklahoma State. And you know who guaranteed that Oklahoma State win? Bowtie Ben, Ben Hazel, also <laughs> at the uh, Magic Game uh, joining us tonight. Hey, look, Looking spiffy, Ben, with the guarantee of the road win for the Knights. What would you think of this two-game Oh, man, it was amazing. I couldn't ask for anything better. Um, just to let you guys know how much I love you guys. Um, I'm at the Magic game, fully suited and booted just for this. <laughs> just for this. And you're hanging out with Andrew Cherico. Everybody that's important is down at that Magic game tonight. We're showing the hometown hero, Taylor Hendricks, some love. So, you know, that's my boy. Had to come show him some support. Give a listen to this, Ben. Adam has put together some sound bites. This is Shamari Allen, Coach Johnny Dawkins, Gardarius Johnson, post game talking about how the Knights rebounded in the second half to beat Oklahoma State. Just having uh, more of a defensive mindset. Like I said, we were down in the rebounding column, so that was one of our things. Rebounding and defense was our main thing. We knew offensively we were able to find our open looks and get what we wanted, but it was just defense. And uh, we had to make some adjustments at halftime. I thought at halftime we, we made some adjustments, as Shamari mentioned, and we were able to kind of slow them down a little bit, which gave us a chance to go on a couple runs ourselves. Um, I just knew that we had them in foul trouble, so, you know, just be able to get downhill and create easy uh, buckets for us. You know, I feel like I'm a good free throw shooter, so I feel like that was a good way. Um, we struggled a little bit in the second half scoring, so I just wanted to get us easy buckets from the free throw line. Ben, you know this. It's not easy to win on the road in this league. That's the night's second win on the road in Big 12 play. It was a huge win. I mean, they literally did exactly what they said. Darius was aggressive. He was able to get some of those guys in foul trouble, and you could see the concerted effort to attack the paint. Um, so I was really proud of those guys. I mean, of course, you know, I was a little felt a little disrespected that we were uh, underdogs in that one. I know we're on the road, but, you know, come on, put some respect on the name. But I noticed that of late, uh, Johnny Dawkins has been going to DeMar Langford more in that sort of backup point guard role and um, I guess taking Nils Mahoski's minutes. What, what kind of change of pace does DeMar bring? He's obviously a, a bigger guy, a big, thick uh, guy with a lot of experience. What kind of change does he bring to the lineup for UCF? Well, he brings a level of physicality that we typically have a drop-off when we do bring in Nils. So on the defensive end, he's actually an upgrade. So I think Coach Dawkins really likes that. I mean, he's a really steady hand on offense. I mean, his jump shot's not the best. He's not super creative, but he's not going to make any dumb plays. So he really helps with that. You know, Coach Dawkins was talking about being physical in the paint. And one thing we know he can do is that. I mean, he's probably one of the strongest dudes to come through UCF. Take us back to the Texas Tech win, Ben. Obviously, a, a nice big win for UCF at home. What do you think the key to that game was? What do you think the, the difference in the UCF team we saw on Saturday against Texas Tech versus maybe the, the team we'd seen the previous four games? I think Coach Dawkins hit it on the head. I mean, he's really harps on their identity. I mean, you hear him say it over and over and over again, uh, but that's exactly what it is. Being consistent, being consistently a physical, being aggressive on defense, picking guys up, trying to be disruptive. And for the first time, I felt like we did it in a very consistent way for the full 40 minutes. So Texas Tech, that was probably our most complete game as of late. Um, but I was really happy that we didn't have that let off like I thought we might see after coming in, going into halftime. I was like, okay, guys, you know, you know, we're on the second, we're on the second go round. These wins are important. It shouldn't take us this long to really understand who we are. Um, but I'm glad that they were able to kind of reset, not panic, uh, and get back to doing what they do. 
Of course, Iowa State now comes to town a top 10 team known for its defense as well. Imagine that it's going to be quite a slugfest on Saturday at the arena. Yeah, Iowa State doesn't get the love um, like a Houston, but they're right behind them defensively, right? Like the one thing that we can't do that we did against Oklahoma State, especially early on, is turn the ball over. Uh, they're top in the country enforcing turnovers and getting steals. So that's going to be one of our keys to, to staying in this game and keeping it competitive and giving ourselves a chance to win. We cannot turn the ball over against this team. Of course, this is the only time the Knights see the Cyclones during the regular season, but they saw Houston uh, back uh, in December. What was your takeaway from that game, and how do you think the Knights can flip the script at home? We're going to make shots. That's what we do at home. We look way better as far as making shots at home. So I think that'll be, you know, kind of an added factor in that Houston game and in Iowa State. Uh, so I think we're really fortunate to be able to have those games at home down the stretch. As we know in our conference, that's a huge advantage or it's supposed to be. So if we're looking for a chance to do some things postseason, whether it be the NIT or the NCAA and just kind of put our keep our name in the hat, um, we're in no better situation than anybody else. I mean, nobody has easy games, but at least ours are at home. Ben, an impossible question for you. Right now, who is the defensive player of the year for UCF? That is a great question. I'm going to go with your boy, Ibrahim yeah, Adiyala. I was hoping you would do, yeah. You know, I'm going I'm to go with him. He's been extremely consistent, extremely physical. I mean, he's had to sit out a few times, but um, his presence at the rim is, is always felt every time he's on the court. If I submitted Shamari Allen as an option, what would you, what would you say to that answer? I would say why Shamari over Darius because they they average about the same amount of steals. Like they're both extremely good in the backcourt, and they are the the head of the spear on why we are good def good defensively. Um, and he's a huge part of it. But you know, I don't know what would be the difference in numbers for why you would call Shamari over Darius and vice versa, really. What kind of impact has CJ Walker coming back? I know he wasn't healthy for a while. Seems like he's kind of getting a little bit of pep in his step. Hit a couple threes. I know he's got the demolition man hairstyle going on now. What kind of what kind of impact has his energy brought back to this team? I think he's brought a level of freedom that the team needed that he wasn't able to kind of bring early on, right? I think Antoine is a guy that brought that a level of freedom and calmness to the team when things get a little frantic. Uh, CJ is that guy and can be that guy, which I thought he finally was able to be that for us against Oklahoma State. Um, I think it's just, you know, the injuries being in and out. It took him a little minute to get his win back, uh, not feel like he had to press to really prove that he is still around the same as far as what he can do on the court. Um, so he kind of let things happen, finally was able to make a three-point shot, which if we can go back, he was – airballing a lot of shots by shooting them way too hard, which is just a representation of he's just trying to prove something. Whereas now it seems like he lets it come, let it fly with confidence and was able to knock some shots down. Can I get a review of the hairstyle? <laughs> I got no comment on the hairstyle. I, I personally couldn't do it, but you know, Hey, if he plays like he played against Oklahoma state, I hope he keeps it for the rest of the year. <laughs> Back to that Oklahoma State game. How concerned were you when you saw the fouls piling up that the Knights may lose some key guys uh, late in that game? To be honest, I wasn't as concerned as another team would be. Uh, like when you look at other teams, our depth is is one of our advantages. So with we're in, I mean, we foul a lot most games. So that wasn't really something that worried me so much in that game. Like, hey, we really need. Uh, any one person to stay in the game. I mean, of course, you don't want your, your biggest playmakers being out, but uh, I thought the team was in a really good flow as a unit, so I wasn't really too worried when anybody got, you know, teetered the foul line or foul trouble a line.
Well, let's wrap up with this. Keys for the Knights in this homestand now uh, with top 10 Iowa State and Houston coming to town. The number one thing will be energy from front to finish. It's going to take everything we got from front to finish, being physical. Uh, like I said earlier, we're going to have to take care of the ball. And, you know, my favorite, make shots. And we will be in and have a chance to win all of those games. Ben, how, right, quick, ben, ben, how cool has it been to see, uh, see Taylor Hendricks? How, I know you spent a lot of time with him. I know you worked him out a little bit in the summer. How cool is it to see him on an NBA court right now and, and uh, getting a chance to watch him live out his dream? I'll say this. It was really easy to put my fan hat on watching this game. Uh, <laughs> I am screaming. They need to pass him the ball. I'm, I could care less about the X's and O's, but extremely <laughs> proud of him. Extremely proud of him. Um, his growth. I mean, even having to go down to the Dree League, you know, recovering from injury to now starting like he started tonight. Um, I think the sky's the limit for the kid. And uh, I'm really just happy with what he's been able to accomplish. Awesome. Magic have a four-point lead now, third quarter underway. We'll let you get back. Thanks for joining us tonight, and we'll look forward to talking to you and seeing the latest uh, bow tie guarantee uh, next week. Fingers crossed, baby. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Thanks, All man. right. Thank you, Ben. Of course, Iowa like State Trace. does. Well, I kind of feel like, yeah. Trace, if, if we beat Iowa, I think you and I need to wear bow ties next week. I think <laughs> there needs to be a full bow tie show. You own a bow tie? I don't, but if I need to go get a bow tie <laughs> okay. because we won a basketball game, I feel like I can make that sacrifice for y'all for all of you. Is it one? We got, we got to win both. Well, that, if they look, if we win both, I mean, I, I, you might need to be a tuxedo <laughs> next week, Trace, on the Thursday show. If we beat Iowa State and Houston, I mean, full all tuxedos right. next week. All right, well, we'll see about all that. Uh, it was good to see Ben and Andrew uh, at the Magic game tonight uh, catching Taylor Hendricks in action. Iowa State has a lot to play for, though, uh, coming to Orlando. They don't need to uh, stumble uh, at the arena in a battle now in the Big 12. Let's turn to Jeff Allen for the Big 12 Minute. It's the last weekend of the regular season in women's college basketball in the Big 12. The lineup on Saturday looks like this. TCU at number 24, West Virginia, 1 o'clock on ESPN+. Cincinnati takes on Iowa State, 2 o'clock on ESPN+. Number 15, Kansas State battles Texas Tech, 3 o'clock on ESPN+. It's number 20, Oklahoma and Kansas squaring off at 5 o'clock on ESPN+. BYU versus Texas, 8 o'clock on the Longhorn Network. And UCF and Houston will round out Saturday night's action at 8 o'clock on ESPN+. On Sunday, it all wraps up with Oklahoma State at number 21, Baylor. That's a 12 noon tip on ESPN2. The Women's Basketball Conference Tournament gets underway in Kansas City next week. The men's schedule for this weekend looks like this. On Saturday, number 7, Kansas, and number 15, Baylor, 1 o'clock on ABC. Oklahoma State and Texas, 2 o'clock on ESPN2. It's Texas Tech taking on West Virginia. That's 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Kansas State at Cincinnati, 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Top-ranked Houston, the number one team in the country, will take on Oklahoma, 8 o'clock on ESPN2. TCU and BYU, 9 o'clock on ESPN+. And, of course, the UCF Knights will be hosting number eight, Iowa State. That'll be a 4 o'clock game on ESPN+. With your Big 12 Minutes, I'm Jeff Allen. Thank you, Jeff. Let's talk more about the Cyclones with Levi Stevenson, managing editor of the show Wide Right, and Natty Light. He joins us now. Welcome into Suns Live. Oh, thank you for having me. 
What, let's begin with the name of the show. It's, uh, it's uh, interesting. Oh, well, it's it's a whole website through it's a, uh, it's Iowa State's affiliate for uh, SB Nation. Um, so wide right and Natty Light is two parts. <clears throat> the wide right part of it is talking about uh, back in 2005 and 2006, Iowa State was a field goal make away from winning the Big 12 North and going to the Big 12 championship game back when it was still divisions. And uh, both times the kicker, Brett Culbertson, missed it wide right. <laughs> Versus Missouri, no less. Um, actually, one was Missouri and one was Kansas State. Um, but anyways, Iowa State missed out on two Big 12 championship game berths by missing field goals wide, right? Um, and then the Natty Light comes from back in uh, 2003 or 2002, one or two, uh, when Larry Eustachy was fired famously from Iowa State for getting busted party, <laughs> partying at a frat party in, in Columbia, Missouri. And uh, the the famous picture of that is him like hanging out at the, in the middle of the party. He's got a big natty light in his hand. So, was that wrong? Should he have not done that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you uh, like most about how the Cyclones are playing now down the stretch? Winners of eight of their last ten, two straight now. You know they're 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 not the prettiest team on offense, but boy howdy did they play hard. Um, they I mean they they play defense like a bunch of drunk Serbians in a bar fight. Like I mean it's it is it, it is a Larry <laughs> would feel right at home with that. Yeah, say, it is a it is a it is a truly violent way to play basketball. Which they, I don't know if you guys watched the Iowa State Houston game about a week or two ago. Um, it was a it was a it was a bar fight, <laughs> and uh, that's that's just kind of how Iowa State likes to play basketball. They play really hard, very very physical and defensive end to the point where I'm sure UCF fans will be probably be very very annoyed by it about three minutes into the game. But that's just kind of how they do it. They turn teams over at an at an alarming rate, um, and they they feed off it in, in transition. Um, they're they're hot and cold in the offensive end by I you can't help but love watching a team when it's your team that just plays as hard as Iowa State does you've got the split with Houston though what do you make of this battle here now for the top spot in the big 12 um well I mean right now Houston's got the one game lead it's a split it's a they it's you know they split the they split the head-to-head um and they've got a one game lead so unless Houston so if you unless Houston trips up, I would say it'll come in second. You know, assuming that you know if they win out and Houston wins out, Houston obviously wins that. But um, it's pretty remarkable because we were talking about before the season, we were talking about like we're gonna we'll get into the NCAA tournament, we'll be fine with it, and that's just kind of what it is because it's a very young team. Um, but they've exceeded all expectations, and we we all knew Houston was gonna be good coming into the season. I feel like everybody knew that that Houston was gonna be a favorite and probably a final four contender type of thing. Cause just cause they're so experienced, especially at the guard, especially uh, in the front, in the backcourt. Um, but I would say, you know, obviously beat them in Hilton Coliseum and then hung with them all the way better than anybody else hung with Houston in their own, in their, in their arena. So it's a, it's two very, very similar teams. Uh, one's a little bit more veteran than the other, but that's been a, a fun race to watch too, just cause it's two, really hard-nosed defensive teams that are that are real that really do exemplify exemplify the whole idea behind why just the big 12 is so outrageously good as a conference in basketball some say it's overrated <laughs> some people are wrong <laughs> <laughs> leva it sounds like this level you, of success. well you guys you guys are new to the conference is the big 12 overrated <laughs> not for ucf it would be easier if actually if it's possible <laughs> Um, Levi, it sounds like this level of success maybe wasn't what was expected for the team this year. What were the expectations for this basketball team coming into the season? I mean, I think, I mean, I think it was fair to expect an NCAA tournament berth just because we they had done it the last couple of years under TJ, and there's some some 
you know, good talent in there, whatever. There was five-star Omaha blue coming in to, to play or whatever. Obviously he doesn't play, doesn't play basically just for whatever reason. Um, just a, a wealth of experience ahead of him as far as transfers and stuff goes. Um, but I mean, we were, I think we were, it was, it was fair to say, fair to say that we were expecting to be able to make the tournament. Like I, I don't think we were expecting to be like a 500 team or anything like that, but just cause there's, there's been a pretty good standard of play under TJ, especially in the defensive end. So, I mean, I, I mean, an NCAA tournament worth for sure, but you know, pushing for a two seed is probably above what most people thought. Well, how did they get there? How did they, how did they get to those expectations where they're at this level? What's what's kind of been the the two or three things that have been clicking that have kind of been the 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 bell cow of this team so far? I mean, defense, defense, defense. I mean, that's that is this team's thing. They're number two in the country in forcing turnovers, especially. I mean, forcing turnovers, especially. I mean, if you watch the game against Oklahoma, um, you could you could see it was it was a messy, messy game, and every single game Iowa State plays turns into that, where it's just a slew of turnovers uh, from both direct, you know, from for both teams basically. Um, they they turned Cincinnati over 27, 27 times in the game when they when they played in Cincinnati. I mean, they I mean they especially if teams are a little bit careless with the ball, like some teams are, they tend to feast on that quite a bit. It's not one. It doesn't end up being one of those where oh they kind of both return to the averages. It's I would say eats the teams that turn that are even a little bit careless with the ball. Um, and that was one thing I was just kind of looking at Ken Palm, uh, just kind of seeing where everybody kind of fell. And one one important point to part about to put uh, one important part of this matchup is that UCF is sitting roughly at the same place in turnover offensive turnover rate over rate as Cincinnati is. Um, that would if I were in UCF, that would be a UCF fan. That would be a very very big point of concern for me is letting this game because because the way I would say does it too is they they force the other off they force the offense to really pl- play a lot faster than they're used to they really speed up the offense far past where they're comfortable and they 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 double in the post they um they'll trap in the corners and things like that to really just cause sheer total panic uh, among around the offense you have to have really composed ball handlers really smart really smart people running off the ball um you got to be able to keep your cool cuz the the turnovers tend to happy happen in flurries uh, where you'll see it'll be a bad turnover and then it'll be in transition. Then they'll be trying to keep keep pace to uh, to try to get back into a rhythm, and that just means they're still they're playing into Iowa State's hand because they're trying to play too fast. They're playing faster than they think they can, or they're playing they're playing faster than they actually can. Um, and it's just uh, oh my gosh, Matt Dolan here in the chat. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a big Iowa guy. I wasn't gonna put this on screen because I didn't want to. I, I cannot believe you let this filth into your community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our fireworks are as good as they used to be, Matt. Oh my gosh! Sorry, so, you, so you're saying the over/under on turnovers is the Cincinnati standard of 27? <laughs> well, I'm thinking. I'm like, I, to me, if Iowa State's forcing 20 turnovers in, in this game, they're probably feeling pretty good about their chances. Um, I would say actually does an okay job hanging on the ball with as with as chaotic as the games always are i would say it actually does a, a decent job of hanging on to it um uh, but they like i said they 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 cause a lot of a lot of problems for the other team and i mean that's that's the easiest way i can describe it i mean i would say if you if ucf wants to wants to pull you up pull off the upset at home i think they they're going to need to stay 15 turnovers or under and really really take care of the ball uh because that's just that's just what i would say feasts on is turn turnovers a look at the stats, uh, three UCF guys in double figures in points. Iowa State was six. So what about offensively for the Cyclones? 
offensively it's been an interesting one um they, yeah i would i don't have an amp in here actually i would that one easy i think that one oh no, that one's fine my other one over here i have two guitars i have a mint green uh 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 what the hell is that thing? a gretch a mint green gretch over here that i have that to replace a string on but anyway so um i um was talking about basketball Offensively, has a way of disrupting the yeah, proceedings yeah, yeah. with his. So, he uh, is good to his word on the charity, though. So yeah, he will donate before, the yeah. charity if you, if, you know. If you uh, no, the funny thing though is that despite there being a guitar there and a guitar there and another one out there, I'm actually a drummer. <laughs> so I've got two <laughs> drum sets out there. Um, I can, I can, I got way more guitars than I can know than I know how to play. Um, so, but anyway, so I was saying on offense. Um, it's sort of, it's spearheaded by Taman Lipsy, who's really a phenomenally, a phenomenally good point guard. He's, he takes care of the ball pretty well. Uh, his jump shots coming around. He's, he is a, like most, most players on this team is really a junkyard dog defensively, um, can cause a lot, a lot of problems. Um, he's, he's about as tough as they come. He's a little bit undersized. Um, but like I said, very, very tough player and does a really nice job, of uh, of running the offense, his running mate along in the, uh, backside over here in the backcourt is Keyshawn Gilbert. Very athletic. Um, oh my gosh, Matt, I'll go on. I'll go on all day about the state of Iowa. But anyway, so Keyshawn Gilbert is also a very athletic guard there. He can shoot it at times, but he's really a, more of a slashing type. Um, can get a lot, can, can do a lot of really fun things. Uh, Milo Mamchilovic, who's, if you watch his game, I mean, he, he clearly stole all of his moves from Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> does the, he does the, the, the one leg fadeaway and all that stuff. I mean, it's, that's his game is watch Dirk. And that's what, that's what Milo does. Um, and then you've got like Trey King down low, Trey King and Bob Jones down low, really nice bangers down low on the board on the on the low block. And Trey King has recently started to step outside a little bit more and knock down some shots. Um, there is not really an alpha score on this team, not one that they're gonna be like, oh, this guy's getting the ball in crunch time. Um, that doesn't really exist on this team. Uh, the last two games in against West Virginia, Jackson Pavaletsky came off the bench and had a nice game, and then uh, against Oklahoma the other night, uh, Demarion Watson came up with uh, 12 or 14 points or something like that. I mean, the last two games, it's been it's been depth guy. It's been depth pieces coming up and, and stepping up and really fulfilling some nice roles. Um, so that's it's it's a it's a blessing and a curse. You don't have a guy that can be like, let's give him the ball and go get a bucket. Kind of like, uh, well, you guys weren't in the conference at the time, so you might not have known who he was. But Isaiah Brockington was uh, for Iowa State a very, very good, just a go get a bucket guy. And it was nice to have, but also at times the offensive offense became overly focused on him. Now the offense doesn't really do that because there isn't just one dude that's just going out and scoring 25 and then everyone else is just trying to chip in. The The scoring can come from anywhere. And I think that's a kind of a nice advantage too, where it's not an, a super offensively, you know, prolific team, but you've got a few guys that they can go off for 15 points. Adam, Levi, obviously UCF and Iowa State getting to know each other, new conference mates, new conference friends. So I have some getting to know you questions for Iowa State. First thing for me, can you explain Cyclone Larry? I don't understand Cyclone Larry. <laughs> can you explain Cyclone uh, Larry to us? He, uh, he was in our schedule release video. UCF released a video. Yeah. And Cyclone I, Larry made a, made a cameo or two. Can you explain Cyclone that to me? Larry. Can I explain Cyclone Larry? <laughs> uh, We've got a time limit here. <laughs> uh, um, well, Funny enough, is Cyclone Larry is actually he is just a person or everybody's actually one of my guys too, uh, one of one of my writers for the site or con contributors, whatever you want to call it. But um, he is a bizarre human being. Um, <laughs> he's a phenomenal. He's he is the best Twitterer I've ever seen in my life. He's 
exceptionally good at trolling and and cheering on Iowa State and stuff like that. But he is a psychopath when it comes to like food takes and stuff like that. This guy, this guy, this is the, this is a guy that like in our private chats insists that if that he could that if Ichiro Prime Ichiro lined up in the slot and was running a slant route that he could lock down Ichiro. <laughs> what an odd. Just, a, just just a, yeah. What you get a little, little a very one percent glimpse into our group chat, but um, th- but he's just a bizarre, fabulous human being. I d- I really don't know how to have a good way to a good way to describe cycle Larry. <laughs> okay, and just, uh, second question. Is. Second question. Uh, UCF will be visiting Iowa State this year for a football contest. So mm-hmm. uh, give us a bit of a, a pre read on what to expect for those who may make the trip out there. What are some must dos? What's a game day atmosphere look like uh, at uh, at Iowa State? Yeah, so Iowa State is a is a college town. There is it is fifty thousand people when the students are there, or it's like fifty thousand people when the students aren't there, and about eighty thousand when they are there. I mean, it's it is half college students for the most part. It's in the the entire. I mean, the city was literally built around the university, and then the university was built in the middle of a cornfield, and then the aim sprung up around it. Um, I mean, that it it the whole university is central to everything. Um, so it is not, it's not a big city. Like it's not a, it's not an Orlando or a Houston or something like that, where you're going to go there and you're going to find, try to find a handful of other things to do that weekend. When you come to Iowa state or you go to Manhattan, Kansas or something like that, you are coming for the football game. That's what you're coming for. You're going to show up. You're going to come Friday night. You're going to stay in a hotel. You're going to come up Saturday morning, about 6am. You're going to start cracking beers and then we're going to be hammered. And then it's going to be kick off about one and it's going to be a great time. That is Iowa state football. You're coming to tailgate tailgating is the attraction if you're looking for other stuff to do you're wasting your time there's no reason to go anywhere else besides the football parking lots at jack trice stadium tailgating, your beverage of ta- choice? Ta- tailgating is truly a sport out here what's the what's tailgate beverage? beverage of choice is oh, there gosh. a, a, a uh, most popular one what's the time on the clock say <laughs> so the reason i ask is because like so we start off I, we usually get to the lots about five in the morning and then five I mean, that's that's when we're standing in line drinking beers in the line to get into lots. Um, so you know, we're usually if we're standing, if we're in the if we're in the line, if we're in the line getting lots, yeah, people here in the in the chat have got it right. It's Bush Light is kind of the that's the beer we start with, um, or whatever. Then when we're setting stuff up, now I, if anyone else copies this, I want credit. Tell all of your friends or whatever. But we have we do at my tailgate we do a thing called Cookie Crisp White Russians. You yourself White Russian, you put Cookie Crisp at the top and you like cereal in the morning fabulous um truly i mean if, if you have not tried that i really truly recommend you do that um or if you're coming up to uh central if you're if any of you central florida people are coming up to ames and you know let me know you can come stop by our tailgate and i'll get you hammered will by cyclone it. larry be there uh maybe he Ooh. he bounces around quite a bit that's the thing right. is is about three people in the world outside of our group chat know who he is so He's like around doing stuff and just ever, nobody has any idea that it's him. Mm, um, mystery. All right. Yeah. Wait, that's not his avatar. That's not him in the avatar. That is a former Iowa state president, Stephen leaf. <laughs> well, I think I must love that. Well, I don't really give a shit if he loves it. That guy's an <laughs> um, so that's this guy, his claim to fame is he crashed a plane. He crashed the university plane in the airport. Was, was that like, wrong? Should he not have done that? <laughs> no, no, no. Some would say he should not have done that. Um, and then it's just a new, like, he was like, Oh, I'm here, whatever. And then he takes off, takes his big fat Southern accent down to Auburn and he runs that shit into the ground. That guy, I'm not sure why he, people, I'm not sure why people give that guy jobs anymore, but 
it, well, that's yeah, no, that's that's Stephen Leith, and we're all perfectly happy to shit on him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, Levi, you've made quite an impression. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even drinking, and it's not even football season. <laughs> we're looking forward to talking to you during. If you, if you guys, season. you guys should make plans. Come up to Ames. It's a it's a good time. There's, a, I mean, there's there's a reason that most. Most people regard it as probably the best road trip in the Big 12. Oh, yeah. All right. That's pretty good. I, I went to all the road trips last year, and the experience in Manhattan was pretty strong. I had a good time at Kansas State. Uh, okay. Kansas State's Kansas State's good. They're here. Hmm. Does it, but I got to start at 5 a.m. Can, can, can I swear on your podcast? Well, you have. Why not now? That's right. I hate. I hate. I hate them so much. I do not like Kansas State. I hate. They're awful. Like I know. Okay. I know. Like five good. I like five good Kansas State fans, and they're they're all. Terrible. <laughs> and just uh, you've been good fun. Yeah, no, good I know. Just I like shitting on Kansas State when we can because we're one we're one men's basketball win away from sweeping them in football, women's basketball, and men's basketball. It's your get shit on. <laughs> uh, managing editor wide right and natty light <laughs> levi stevenson thanks for being with us on suns live <laughs> thanks for having me thanks levi all right we'll talk to you again uh, hands down the most fun guest we've had and hands down the most fun uh 10 12 podcast <laughs> guest we've had no offense to the rest of them by the way candid candid character isn't he? Well, this is interesting that this is, I like how he stole this guy's uh, uh, image and, and that's who you associate with. Well, you actually thought that was, I mean, Trace, that's cute. No, you thought that was actually was, Cyclone Larry. Okay. No, I was, I was having say. fun, but I didn't know who it was. And, and I didn't know who it was either. I, I knew it was a Cyclone Larry. That I knew. Yeah. I just didn't know who it was. Imagine that. A guy just wanting to be in, you know, anonymous like that, not mugging for the camera like some people every week. <laughs> It's Andrew Jericho. Bit. That's what I'm talking about. It's a good bit if you can pull it off. It's a good bit if you can pull it off. I'll give him that. All right. Time for some news and notes before we open that mailbag. It's your favorite son's columnist and follow on UCF Twitter. Now we go around the kingdom. So you and Dolly haven't fun together this week, Trace. Figured I'd bring him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love Dolly. Um, softball. Uh, eight and Ooh. six. They went two and four at the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. A lot of one-run losses in that one return home for the Knights Classic. They've got games all on ESPN+. Plus. Eric Lopez, the star of Around the Kingdom, the voice of UCF softball on the call. They've got Princeton, South Carolina, the 17th team in the country. San Diego, Kennesaw State, Bethune-Cookman. Uh, maybe they can uh, sweep these games and uh, pad their win total. Uh, baseball, 6-0. and Hey, a couple of their games are on television. Uh, you don't have to imagine what? them through the... Uh, Twitter if it wasn't for emptiness, I don't know what I would do because if it wasn't for Michael live tweeting these games for me, I have no, I wouldn't know what's happening. So shout out to Michael at emptiness. Also, it's on UCF.com. If it wasn't for him, I would be completely lost at UCF baseball. They beat Florida Atlantic 11 6 on Tuesday. They hate the cows, the war on I 4 back in town this weekend. The ESPN Plus games are Friday and Sunday. No TV coverage on Saturday. Uh, they'll all be focused on uh, men's basketball, women's basketball. Uh, limping into that Big 12 tournament, 3-14 and 14 overall. They lost to Kansas on senior night. They lost to number five, Texas. They've got a game at Houston on Saturday. I mentioned Eric Lopez before. Uh, he and I mixing it up again this week on Around the Kingdom, which you'll find on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. Here's a clip. And listen, for those who say, well, you guys make too big deal of the resources. 
We just taught, we just congratulated a guy for donating six and a half million to football. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, wow, that's big for football, but then say, well, basketball isn't needed. Uh, you know, let's get a fair deal. But yeah, I, I think that I'm, who's going to argue with that? Anybody with common sense would not argue at this point. I, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> anybody, anybody with common sense. Yeah, Eric Lopez and football, uh, UCF Maryland canceling that two game series in football night scheduled two were scheduled to go to, uh, college park, Maryland in 2025 Terps at UCF in 2028. That is off. Maybe just maybe that has something to do with the Knights' very, very tough uh, Big 12 schedule. They don't need to have too many more games uh, like uh, Maryland on the schedule. They still have some holes, though, in future years, and we haven't had any scheduling announcements in, in a while. Yeah, we got some real estate that we need to to move here pretty quickly. I mean, I, I get why you might want to move this one off the books right now with two-point with the schedule that as it is, but uh, I don't know. Tebow might start working those phones. I don't know. Get on the, get on the phones. Yeah. NFL Combine underway, wide receiver Javon Baker, offensive lineman Tylen Grable participating in that. Exchange Messages was recently on a uh, Zoom with ESPN NFL draft analyst Matt Miller, who is very big, by the way, on Javon Baker. Has him third, maybe second round. Uh, talks about his uh, great speed on tape, uh, finding running lanes in space. What do you think? It seems like his stock is rising. I saw his name. I, I can't remember where it was now. I saw somebody else was talking about him being a uh... – you know, in that in that second group of receivers, right? Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Roma Dunze, those are kind of the two big names. But you're seeing Javon pop up in kind of that second tier of receiver, um, you know, third round, fourth round, potentially in that mix too. So I think this is a great example of him going to senior day and and, and playing well. Um, and and now he's got a great opportunity in the in the pro day. We don't get a ton of guys doing the NFL Combine actually, so it's it's cool to have a couple of UCF guys to root for. But he's he's got a chance to 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 get himself up there. I even saw some sort of projection where maybe he goes to Buffalo replacing mm -hmm. a former UCF receiver and, <laughs> uh, and Gabe Davis. So we'll see, but his name has definitely been out there um, a, a ton, which is, which is really cool. Again, always great to see guys leaving UCF, going to the league, having success. It lets the younger players know that there's a path for them too, which I think a lot of those guys want to see as they think about what school they want to attend. And uh, draft analyst, Matt Miller talking about Tylen Grable praising his athleticism says mid round flyer, on this guy that he's got him rising as well. I asked him also about John Rice Plumley, and uh, he said, uh, love the person. And you know, when that starts out like that, love the person. Yeah, great person. <laughs> yeah. All around athleticism says ESPN draft analyst, Matt Miller, but does not see him yeah. being drafted in the national. It's kind of like you go on a first day and someone says, how was your day? He was really funny. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> that's all you need to know at that point. Yes. Uh, running out of polling on uh, position groups uh, before I ask about coaches next week. Uh, asked about the secondary this week. Most people said solid B. You know, they didn't really get tested a lot. I guess there were other ways to move the ball on the Knights defensively, as we talked about linebacker last week. Hey, it's time now for uh, Clay's Corner. Clay, talking about that first Big 12 win by the Knights in the 2023 season, which UCF Mike, but he gave that an asterisk, right? He doesn't he really did. count he that did. because no, it count. was at Cincinnati. Knights uh, 28, Bearcats 26. Let's hear from Clay. 11 versus Cincinnati. Since he starts out with the ball and settles for a field goal to go up by three to start the game, UCF goes three and out, and the Bearcats get the ball back. Fourth and one, Emory Jones throws the ball to... Yeah, no, I cannot tell you what this play was supposed to be. JRP does what all Big 12 quarterbacks do in the red zone, and quarterback keeps. Kobe Hudson gets a nice little catch to get us out of our end zone. 
JRB forgot to wipe the Vaseline off his hands and drops a snap. Speaking of Vaseline, this Cincinnati receiver had some on too, giving us the ball back. RJ Harvey uses this chance to do his big boy run in the end zone to put the Knights up 14-3. After switching quarterbacks three times, Cincinnati finally puts together a scoring drive. With only 30 seconds left in the half, Emory Jones does Emory Jones and throws a nice pick down at Kai Martinez. On fourth down, RJ Harvey takes a snap to run for a first down. Cole Boober then misses the field goal wild lift. Cincinnati then goes down the field to get themselves into the end zone. UCF gets the ball back and uses the cheat code that is RJ Harvey and scores a touchdown. He really is special, and I honestly couldn't be more excited that he's coming back next year. Since he almost gets a three and out, but a holding call on the punt gives him a first down. Emory Jones finds a way to convert on fourth and nine, but ends up getting sacked on third down after the fact. Settles for three. Javon Baker then sucks this ball in because he's an absolute dog. Speaking of dog, Kobe Hudson gets this ball and is slammed to the ground. Can't do my pookie like that. Cincinnati, being the dirty players they are, hurt my other pookie and get a well-deserved flag. RJ Harvey takes matters into his own hands and seals my shopping cart with his jersey in it. Cincinnati goes down the field and scores, and just like us, misses the two-point conversion to seal the game. Knights break the five-game losing streak and win 28-26. to All my fellas. Uh, we gotta have some copyright violations in the mix. Uh, I'm sure there's a bunch week, of YouTube so. strikes. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> contend with next week. Yeah. So UCF Mike's coming up. Uh, maybe we can, uh, you know, introduce these two. Uh, I'm, yeah, Mike's trying to meet people. He, he promised content. Uh, he's he's palling around. Brian W. Peterson's involved now. Uh, all bets are off, friends. I'm uh, yeah. Brian messaged me. Uh, I'm surprised he was able to pull himself away from tax season, but uh, it is that time again. Well, it means the account to the stars, Trace. I mean, the guy's busy. What do you, what do you want him to do, you know? It's that time again. Time to open the Brian W. Peterson Sons of UCF mailbag. Went short version, uh, we're running low uh, on time. The throwback, the throwback yeah. version. Uh, at OJT time. Feuds, if you had $6.5 million to donate to UCF, how'd you spread it around? Uh, we talked a little bit about this on Around the Kingdom, but you don't always get to weigh in on these topics. So what do you think? Yeah, I probably, and again, I'll, I'll just keep it to what, what the donation was. I probably would have thrown more in the NAL space. I think you're going to need some more money to compete. My thinking being you get good players in the field, you get people to open their walls. Everyone likes a winner. So maybe would have given a few more shekels to the NAL group. Shekels. Shekels. There's a word. Uh, finish the Lazy River. Start, begin, finish the Lazy River, and then the rest uh, by players. Uh, Brian Peterson, if you had a quarterback like KJ Jefferson, Leading your offense, do you prefer to play tight ends who can block for KJ to run or tight ends who can catch for KJ to uh, throw to? Look, as a uh, as an award-winning uh, flag football offensive coordinator averaging 28 points a game, I like the middle of the field, Trace. And if we can get some guy over the middle of the field, we got a ton of sp- speed on the outside. Give me somebody in the middle of the field that can you know, catch some, get some passes, make some moves. Uh, so I'm going to go with the catch. I don't think we've seen enough of that lately. Yeah, I agree with you, but I imagine we're going to see a lot more of the blocking. Yeah, black gold underscore Ed. Over under Gus and Arkansas Razorback, a hog by 2026. It's not zero. I go with a push. Maybe it, maybe it is 2026, right? That's one year left, I think, on his, on his contract at that point. Um, so I'll, I'll go push. Hmm. At Golden Knight underscore the second. What's the longest break you've gone without following covering UCF Athletics checking scores on games. Uh, two years ago, summer, when I went to Europe, I, I took a sabbatical. I, I, I dropped off the face of the planet for about two weeks. It was refreshing. 
Yeah, so covering... but I also picked a very not busy time. <laughs> UCF right. land in the middle of summer. Covering is not hard because yeah, we just don't do content. But following, like somebody will text me, I'll see something. So I don't, I don't know how you define following. But yes, I think a good <laughs> unplug is is always wonderful. But I don't know if following. I'll go a week. But again, what's following? If Mike texts me and says, "I can't believe we did this," is that following? I don't, I don't know. At Sir underscore Fallen Merck Seven, if you had to add a sport. To compete in Division One, what would you choose? Uh, men's track, uh, beach volleyball. Yeah, I like that too. At Riley Carey, sixteen. Does the do the cows being ranked in basketball make you want to throw up? But I'm not happy about it. I honestly don't pay that much attention. I, I caught one game. Twenty fifth. Like, I saw that. I caught the game against FAU only because I was on an airplane and nothing else to do. Uh, I don't really watch that all that often. So I mean, I guess good for them. Hmm. Yeah. And OS Matt Merchell, you may recognize the name, the uh, oh, yeah. UCF beat reporter for the Orlando Center. Which celebrity would you like to see at a UCF athletics event? So Andrew was all happy because he saw this, uh, what is, is he considered a rapper, T.I., who I, <laughs> who on the phone, who on the phone I said to him, I go, so who's this Thai guy? He goes, no, 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 it's T.I. I go, yeah, I know, I know, but I didn't really know. But I knew yeah. it was T.I. No, I, I didn't think he did. Yeah, you've never, you've never yeah, signed it wider. It is T.I., uh, rapper, actor, producer. I think he's won a couple of Grammys, Trace. He's he's certainly a talented fellow. I know that. He's got some songs. So who would know. you uh, who would you want to see? Well, again, so it depends on the sporting event. Like, I mean, it's like, you know, Tom Brady at a football game would be cool, right? So it really depends on a sporting event. But if you're giving me like a just a general celebrity, somebody that just kind of walks up into campus and, you know, is there and they say hello and, you know, you just get a chance to hang out with them for whatever reason. Um, give me somebody kind of cool and fun. Um, I don't know. Matt Damon? I, I could care less. I don't know. Matt Damon? <laughs> yeah, give me somebody cool like Matt Damon. I don't know. Uh, it'd be cool for me to meet uh, Cheryl Hines, UCF alum, one of the stars of Curb Your Enthusiasm. But I think the answer has got to be, hey, Taylor Swift, what are you doing? Come to a game. The whole world will be I was going to do Taylor Swift just UCF. to annoy everybody. Yeah. And yeah. it would really drive that kid crazy who was tracking her plane if he saw it was headed to Orlando <laughs> for her to attend a UCF Or, or would it? Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's the time to end the show with our new segment, uh, which allows you to bring out your prop. Oh, you need that. Okay, hold on. Just one second, Trace. Because I've got the box right here. Again, brought to you by Charlie Hustle. Promo code 10 12 15 for 15% off uh, non-sale items. Trace, let's, let me rummage here. I love a good rummage. What we got here? All right. Okay. All right, I got our question. Ready, stapled. I don't know what it is. Here we go. You know what it is. You wrote them all. Oh. Ooh. This one. Ugh. What? Better UCF announcer, Mark Daniels or Eric Lopez? (laughs) (laughs) It got spicy in the box. When when I donate six and a half million dollars, I can call the shots. But, (laughs) you know, I'm a big fan of the star of Around the Kingdom, Eric Lopez. Uh, I think he uh, puts in the work and he brings to life anything he's calling. So all kudos to my good friend, Eric Lopez. Yeah, I mean, again, with all due respect to Mark Daniels, here's what I'll say. The majority of you are going to tune in to listen to UCF football or basketball because you just want to watch UCF football. I think ELO actually gets you to some of the sports like a softball or a volleyball or a soccer 
that maybe you weren't inclined to watch and keeps you hooked because he's knowledgeable, he's funny, and he's good at what he does. So with all due respect to Mark, I think Elo gets you to some games that you probably would never go to where you're going to tune into Mark no matter what anyway just because it's football. So give me Elo. That's probably a biased take, and uh, I'm probably dead to Mark Daniels now, although I'm not sure I was ever alive to him. So what are you going to do? Gotcha. Uh, Taylor Hendricks, 24 minutes, 7.7 rebounds and an assist. And uh, it's back and forth between the Jazz and the Magic in Orlando. Thanks to Andrew Sherico, who's hoping to catch up with Taylor post game. Follow him on his Twitter and perhaps we'll have some sound on the Sons of UCF YouTube channel. I want to thank the guys from Kirk's Jerks, uh, who will be uh, welcoming back Kirk Spiro on that 93-94 team this weekend at the arena. A tough slate for the Knights, as Ben Hazel talked about. Iowa State and Houston coming to town. This is a week you'd take a split, but boy, that's that's a tough split to get. Man, I'd take a split. I'd sign up for a split right now, but it's going to be tough a week ahead. And then TCU is going to be no slouch on the road to close the season now. But this team's been surprising at times, Trey, so I guess you never know what can happen. I want to thank uh, Levi from uh, Natty Light. What is it? Uh, Wide Right oh, and Natty Jesus Light. Uh, yes. Yeah, what? Yes. what? You just butcher a name. And then it, who's the rapper Ty? I mean, you just butcher a everywhere. I, I knew what his name was. I had, I had no idea who he was, but I, I did the Ty thing just to be. Okay. Just, okay. You, so you knew I, you knew I, it was T.I. That was, that was I knew it was T.I. I don't know who he is, but I knew it was. It looked like he gained some weight. I don't know if anyone else saw that. Uh, and you know our guy Andrew Cherko, he's he's running around the corridors there at the Magic game. Uh, he's also in the corridors of the uh, arena at UCF games. And we'll end the show now with uh, who he caught up with uh, at the most recent game. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, everyone, for watching Sons of UCF Live. I'm Trey Stroko. Go Knights. Charge on. Thank you for watching. Mikey <laughs> Williams. He didn't enunciate very well. Mikey Williams. Well, he'll be here. Will he ever play at UCF? Will he ever be in New Jersey? I I like the odds. He keeps coming to games. Okay. So it's the eye, though. Sports Social Podcast Network.